0: I believe that if we commit to living an unhurried life, to becoming less busy in the things we do with our time, in the ways that we spend our money, to becoming less busy in the ways that we fill our mind with empty noise, to simply stopping all of these things that we've been told for so long are essential. I believe when we do that, we're gonna begin to see Jesus show up in little ways every day, all the time.
1: Hi, this is Chris from The Point, a church where you can come as you are and you can text in your questions. You may not be sure what you believe about God, Jesus, faith, or the Bible, and that's okay because faith is not about having it all figured out and God is not waiting for you to put your life together before he'll connect with you. If you'd like to find out more about The Point, You can visit our website at thepointknox.com or connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at the Point Knox. Don't hesitate to contact us or join us in person every Sunday morning at 10:30 AM. We pray this message has an impact in your life or at least makes it easy for you to connect with God where you are.
0: Good morning. Before I begin the message today, I would like to say a few things. Uh, First and foremost, It is such a joy for me to see all of you here today. I knew that with it being Labor Day weekend, we'd have a lot of people traveling and out of town, and that's the case. And also over the course of this week, my phone continued to blow up with more and more people sharing that they were quarantining because somebody in their household was sick with COVID. And so I'm really glad to see all of you. And for those of you that are joining us online, either because you're quarantining or you're sick, or you just didn't feel comfortable coming out and being here in person today uh, thank you I, it's such a joy to be here with you to hear our praises to sing together and to come before God in His word and say, what do you want to do today? What do you want to speak to us today Last week, if you had the chance to join us either in the park um, or online if you had the chance to join us you may have caught that Uh, Last week, we were talking about this concept of living unhurried lives, that part of being a Christian and growing in faith and walking with God, part of being with Jesus means we have to intentionally change our schedule. See, the truth of the matter is, in our culture, we're taught that the busier you are, the more productive you are. And we're taught that the more productive you are, the more meaning or value you have. And so unintentionally often we fill our lives with more things to do. Busier and busier and busier and we wonder, where are you, God, in the midst of all of this? Have you ever felt that way? Like your life is so full of things to do, you don't have time to stop and breathe? There's such a growing to-do list, and many of them are really important things, like you have to spend time with people you care about, and work is demanding just a little bit more, and, and you also want to do really fun things like your hobbies and the things you enjoy, and all of this stuff, good, bad, and ugly, seems to consume all of our time. And when at the very end of the day we finally get to lay down in bed, perhaps hours after maybe we responsibly should have, we finally lay down and let out this breath, and we're just exhausted. And sometimes, if you are like me, I lay down to sleep and I'm exhausted and that's when my brain reminds me of all the things I haven't yet done. And entirely exhausted, incredibly worn out and weary, I can't sleep. Or if I do sleep, I wake up in the middle of the night with fear and fret and anxiety for all the stuff I never finished the previous day or days or weeks or months. They seem to keep piling up. Have you ever been there? I believe wholeheartedly that one of the things, perhaps the biggest thing, that is killing the church, the people of God... This is unhealthy addiction to being busy. We think that more is better, but the truth is, more actually gives us less. And last week, we talked a lot about our schedules and the way that we can maybe become less busy by changing our schedule, but today, I want to propose ways we can become less busy doing other things. This idea of an unhurried life comes from a book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And if you've never read this book, I'm going to say it again, rarely do I recommend books from the stage, and I want you to pick that one up and read it. Because this book challenges the very notion that we as a culture have embraced to be good and healthy, and says perhaps if we want to become more like Jesus, we need to do less, so that we can be more. See, we're human beings first and foremost, and yet our culture teaches us that we should be human doers. Just do something else to fix your mess. Do something else to fix your problem. Do something else to make a few more bucks or to make some more friends. Do something as opposed to just be who God made you to be. Today in Scripture, we're going to look at Matthew chapter 11 first. And if you would like to follow along, I forgot to check the page number. Did you happen to check the page number? Perfect. Uh, if somebody wants to pull out one of the Bibles in the pews in front of you, or if you're upstairs, we have them along the sides on tables. If you want to find Matthew chapter 11, uh, beginning in verse uh, 28, will you shout out the page number when you get there? I'll wait. And you're welcome to also pull out your phone and like pull it up there, but there's not a page number electronically. So if you have it on your phone, that's awesome too. Matthew chapter 11. 1019. Page 1019 if you are using one of our Bibles. Here it is. Jesus gives this invitation. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And maybe if you joined us last week, either in person or online, maybe like, this sounds familiar. Didn't we just talk about that same verse? Yes, we did. And we're going to talk about it again today. And the reason for that is this. I believe sometimes we're so busy that when God speaks... We dismiss it. We say, that's good, but I don't have time for that. That's good, but I'm busy doing something else right now. And so purposefully, I want us to come back to this text and again hear this promise and this invitation of Jesus. Come to me, and you'll find rest. See, I believe wholeheartedly that many of us love Jesus dearly and have no idea the goodness of God and his faithfulness in our daily lives. Because while we know he's good in theory, I'm really, really consumed with all the things that are filling my day today. And I know he really loves me, but right now I'm preoccupied with all the people who don't, with all the burdens upon me, with all the struggle of just going through every day, trying to make it today hear this promise of Jesus, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden. In the message version it says this, are you tired? Are you weary? Are you worn out? Burned out on religion? Come, follow me. I will give you rest. Later in the message version, it says, uh, Learn from me the unhurried rhythms of grace. See, Jesus is inviting you and me not to do more as Christians. Sometimes people think that being a Christian means there's a whole new set of things put upon you, things you have to do and things you shouldn't do. And it's about not doing those bad things and doing all the right things. And it can become exhausting just trying to figure out how to be. But this is Jesus' invitation come and learn unforced rhythms of grace, come and find rest. See, in this busy world that tells us more is better, I believe busy actually stands for something altogether different. I once heard it said this way and it it really stuck with me. Busy equals being under Satan's yoke. When we're busy, we find ourselves drawn into temptation because we're worn out and we're exhausted. When we're busy, it's really, really easy to get mad at the person who took one extra minute in the grocery store line. It's really easy to treat the person who cuts you off in traffic with just one or two fingers and not a whole hand. When we're busy, it's easy to snap at our children who aren't listening and to yell because they're not doing what I want them to do. I think when we're busy, we are submitting ourselves not to Christ, but to the ways of this world, and they will always leave us empty. Jesus, he kindly and lovingly invites us, come to me and you'll find rest. Wouldn't it be nice if your walk with God was one that every morning you woke up and you were refreshed? God, where are we going to go today? What might today hold? Where will you show your presence and your love today? Wouldn't it be nice if the first thing we experienced in the morning was this powerful presence of God that reminded you, even when you haven't gotten dressed for the day and your teeth are still gross and you're in your pajamas and you're you're still kind of asleep, this voice from God that reminded you, you are loved Exactly the way you are. And wouldn't it be freeing if the whole day could be spent from that place of rest? It doesn't matter if my boss gets mad at me. I'm going to work hard and do my best and then I'm going to go home. I'm going to set boundaries around unhealthy relationships and I'm going to intentionally choose to spend my energy doing what is right and what is good even if it's not what others want or desire imagine how that could change the way we live the way we feel the way we interact with our neighbors come to me and you will find rest so how do we find this rest from our busyness Well, last week I encouraged every one of us to consider our schedules and purposefully schedule more time for the things that are important. So if you're having a meeting with somebody at work that's intended to be more than just the to-do list, but actually connecting to hear where they're at and how they're doing, maybe instead of an hour meeting, you schedule an hour and a half or two, and you lengthen the time to give yourself wiggle room for something more to happen than just the to-do list and maybe you're not in control of your work schedule. But you can become less busy with your schedule by changing the activities you participate in throughout the week. If you have kids, maybe that's limiting how much they play sports, or join these clubs and other teams. If you don't have kids, maybe that's, instead of changing your work schedule or your kids' schedules, maybe that's taking an honest look at what you do when you get off of work. Are you filling your time with something that brings you life, or are you trying to escape from this world with behaviors like binge-watching Netflix or college football? Anybody stay up way too late last night to watch the Clemson-Georgia game? I, I stopped at halftime, and I wanted to keep watching, not because I cared which team won. I was just interested But I knew that if I was going to stand here today and challenge each one of you to become less busy, it would be really hypocritical and irresponsible for me to stay up till 11 and make myself super tired watching a game I didn't actually care about and it didn't change my life in the slightest. And so at halftime, I turned it off and I went to bed and sure enough, the game went on without me. Did you know that happens with football? And did you know that if you don't watch the newest show on Netflix or catch up on all the episodes you wish you knew, it won't change your world in the slightest? And if it does, it would probably make your world a little bit better. See, one of the ways that we busy ourselves is not just with our time, but with our attention. Here's a fun fact for you. Before 2007 the invention of the iPhone, what's marked as the start of the digital age. Do you know what the average attention span of people in America was? Any guesses? It's really depressing. 12 to 15 seconds. The average length of commercials. The average attention span of Americans today is between seven to eight seconds. The average attention span of a goldfish is nine seconds. We now have given ourselves to so many things for so long that we are unable to have the same attention span as a goldfish. Maybe the reason we don't find this rest Jesus is giving is because we don't stop to focus on it, to experience it, to live in this rest That says, no matter what today holds, you are loved. No matter what today brings, you matter. You have a purpose. So what if one of the ways we begin to unbusy ourselves is to quiet the noise? The noise of social media that tells us you don't measure up or you need to defend the things you believe with the people who disagree or the noise of social media that is simply aimless scrolling because the videos are funny. I'm gonna call Adam Moore out for a moment. Uh, You're welcome. I had the joy of spending a week with him in St. Louis uh, for his uh, his seminary orientation. And and while we were there, we found ourselves in the evenings exhausted because the seminary filled our schedule with way too much to do. And in the evenings, as we're laying in our hotel room, here's how he would spend his time scrolling one video after the next that would pop up in his newsfeed, And he told me, he's like, sometimes I watch the most ridiculous videos. Like this one, and he goes to show it to me. It's like, it's just the joy of watching somebody pop pimples. (laughs) What? What have we become as a culture that we're so sucked into things like that? And yet I'm guilty. The moment I get on social media, I watch all kinds of stuff I don't actually care about. And when I'm not on that, I'm really tempted, whether it's Netflix or Hulu or YouTube TV or college football, there's something I can fill my brain with that is meaningless and empty. But it helps me escape from the things that I should probably care about or the things that maybe actually would fill me with rest. And not only is there all this noise of of digital information, there's noise that we fill ourselves with that may be good, Like the news, whether it's on the radio, in the car, or we're watching it on TV, the news is not inherently bad. It's good to know what's happening in the world. But we live in an age where we can access information at our fingertips unlike ever before and there's an infinite amount of information we can access from an infinite amount of sources and an infinite amount of expertise, and we can fill our brains with all kinds of worry and care and burdens that we have zero control over changing. And when we do that, our minds begin to race and are filled with busyness that makes us want to run and escape even more. What if to find the rest of Jesus, we turned off the noise. We drove the three miles we're in the car in silence. Would that be weird? Oh yeah. What if instead of turning on Netflix when we got home, we said I am not going to watch Netflix until I've sat and spent time talking to my family or (coughs) until I've reached out with a phone call to somebody I love or I've connected with my neighbor? What if we prioritize things that were less busy and noisy so we could find Jesus? Or maybe for you the escapism is not in the way you fill your mind and distract yourself. Maybe your busyness actually comes in a much more tangible way. See, in our culture, one of the ways we make ourselves busy is very practically with our material possessions. Anybody in here own something? Cool, most of you. Some of you own nothing. Uh, Let's talk, I'll give you at least a shirt later, okay? If you own something, there's a good chance you own more than just one something. And there's a good chance that if you were honest with yourself and you went to your closet to look at your clothes, you have a plethora of clothes. Some you haven't worn in years. Anybody in here willing to admit that you still have tags on some of the clothes in your closet? Several of us. How long have they been hanging there, taking up space, and filling your mind with the difficult decision, what do I wear today? For clothes, you know you're gonna wear the same thing every time, right? What if, just bear with me, what if our stuff distracts us from Jesus? Jesus? And I don't think our stuff is bad. Like if you have toys, if you have clothes, if you have tools, I don't care what your stuff is, there's nothing wrong with stuff. But we live in a culture that has more stuff than any other culture in time and we never feel like it's enough. Currently, the thing that is my struggle, my wife and I rent our house and I was so excited, I thought 2021 would be the year to buy a house. Has anybody looked at house prices this year? Yep. Uh, It's not our year just yet. And because we're renting, there's so many things I want to do to just make the space feel like our house. Simple things like painting it and changing some landscaping and things I'd love to do if we owned it. And so I find myself driving through neighborhoods aimlessly hoping maybe this house will be like given away for pennies on the dollar and they will just happen to give it to us. And I find myself seeing people who are realtors going, maybe they could find me a good deal. And I find myself consumed with this desire for something that I don't have. Even though I have a roof overhead that is wonderful. Even though I love my neighbors and my neighborhood. Even though we have a yard my kids can play in when I just don't want them around. Even though we have all of this Wonderful blessing. I'm constantly wanting something more. Jesus, he talks about this a few chapters prior in Matthew chapter six. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. Surely you guys have heard those words of Jesus before. Here's what I want to encourage each one of you with. What if we have so much stuff, it's really difficult to see Jesus in our midst? Like consider this, when we pray the Lord's prayer, we pray, give us this day our daily bread. For most of us, We don't actually wonder where is my food coming from today. Most of us, give us this day our daily bread means do I want to go through Taco Bell drive through or Chick-fil-A? I forgot, today's a Sunday so I'll go through Taco Bell. For most of us, there's plenty of food in the fridge or the opportunity to go get food should we not be lazy and go grocery shopping from time to time. What if because we have clothes on our back and a roof overhead and a plethora of things we can enjoy, we find a lot of joy in these things that are good but not ultimate? What if to become less busy, we began to set these things aside? Not to say I'm going to have nothing, but maybe to pare down. Like what if you looked in your closet and you said, I'm gonna pick six outfits for every season. Cause that's like a different one almost every day of the week. Make it seven if you want. I can almost guarantee you if you wore a different outfit every day of the week and you repeated it the next week, most of your coworkers would never notice. Most of your family wouldn't even notice. And if they did, they probably wouldn't say anything. What if we made a point to say, I'm gonna to choose to have less stuff and you choose what's your priority. What matters most to you, but by choosing to have, have less, you free up your actual space to begin to have more. Here's an example. We have a carport in this house we rent that we have filled with children's toys for the three years we've been there. And it seems they've literally come out of the woodwork. And quite honestly, some of them have. Like we have two tricycles that just showed up in our yard one day. I don't know where they came from, but nobody claimed them. We have balls that we found in our yard, and none of the neighbors have kids, so I don't know where those came from either. The one neighbor has kids, but they haven't claimed any of the balls. We just have stuff. And our neighbor across the street was like, hey, do you want this basketball hoop? And another friend said, hey, we got a trampoline. Do you want this trampoline? And all of a sudden, our carport was filled with kids' toys, which they never put back. So every night was always going into the yard and dragging them back and a little bit of irritation. Oh, why are these toys here? So my wife and I, we made a really simple decision. We want to use this carport to connect with our neighbors. So we went through and organized a little bit and we got rid of some of the things and we cleaned out some of the stuff that was just in there that had accumulated. And just yesterday, we're sitting out there with our neighbor and we're talking and we're having a good time. And we just kind of realize how nice is it to have a space that we could have been using for three years, but it was just cluttered, and simply decluttering and removing a few items, now it feels peaceful and restful. What if in your life, your living room or your bedroom or the place you do your devotions is too cluttered to really stop and find Peace. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I believe that if we commit to living an unhurried life, to becoming less busy in the things we do with our time, in the ways that we spend our money, to becoming less busy in the ways that we fill our mind with empty noise, to simply stopping all of these things that we've been told for so long are essential. I believe when we do that, we're going to begin to see Jesus show up in little ways every day, all the time. Now, all of this is not intended to be a burden on you, like, wow, you really suck, you have too much stuff. So if you're here and you're like feeling that guilt or that condemnation, that's not what I'm saying. Because every one of us, by nature of being American, probably has more than we need, with very few exceptions. And every one of us fills our times with things that are not actually that helpful. Like, consider this. How many of you would say that it's safe to say you plan on or will successfully read 52 books by the end of this year? One, two, maybe three of you? I set out with that goal for the last three years in a row, and this year I'm doing better than I ever have before. I think I'm on, like, number 17. So nowhere close to 52. Did you know that at the speed the average human reads... You could read almost 200 books a year if you only took one hour a day to read. Do you know that the average TV time in America is eight hours a day? The average cell phone time is four to six hours a day? Not including iPads and video games and all kinds of other stuff. What if we could find an hour a day to simply rest with Jesus. Maybe that looked like a nap in the afternoon. Maybe that looked like opening the Bible and hearing him speak. Maybe that looked like having coffee with somebody you care about with no agenda and no need to run out the door. Maybe it was just stopping to read a book that encourages you as opposed to Netflix that leaves you needing more and feeling empty. When we push against being busy, we begin to find Jesus everywhere. This is what it means when we say we want to connect the disconnected. Those who are so overwhelmed and consumed with other things, we want to help them stop and see Jesus in their midst, that they can grow to know just how much he loves them and cares about them and wants more for them. This is my hope. This is my prayer. Will you pray with me? God, we come before you today. We confess that we often live these busy lives under Satan's yoke. You invite us today to learn to slow down, to say no to things that are good so that we can say yes to things that are better. You invite us to unplug from those empty videos and empty things that fill our minds with noise that distract us from your voice, from your love and your kindness. You invite us today to set aside our budget, our money, our possessions to say, how are these keeping me from you? God, you invite us in all of this to come and find rest. I pray for each one of us who's weary who's tired, who's burned out on religion, that you would teach us to do less, that we might be more with you and for you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. At this time, as we continue our service, we're going to continue by collecting an offering. And now in this place, I know offering can sometimes be really uncomfortable and really awkward at churches, so I just want to share why we collect an offering. Uh, The biggest reason we collect an offering is, is so that we can keep doing the work we're doing of connecting the disconnected. And now what that looks like is sometimes uh, offering helps us go out to places like later today we're going to be at Wing Fest handing out a ridiculous number of chicken wings and talking to people. And other times offering to connect to disconnected helps us keep the lights on and have toilet paper here because when you come in you probably want to make sure there's something there when you're in a need, Right? And so we collect an offering sometimes for really fun, exciting things like going out and serving and blessing our neighbors, and sometimes for really less exciting things, but equally important here, maintaining all of our gathering and the stuff we're doing. Now, whether you give or you don't give doesn't actually matter to us. The second reason we collect an offering is we believe God invites every one of us to trust him with our finances, And so when we choose to partner with the work that he's doing through a local church and we choose to trust with finances, what we're saying is, God, you are more important and the work that you're doing is more important than any of my wants or my needs or even my fears of there not being enough. And so every time we collect an offering, whether you came prepared to give cash or check, which you can do in the popcorn buckets in the back, or whether you came prepared to give online at thepointknox.com, whenever we collect an offering, we do so not to get God's love, but because we already have it. I invite you to join in that today. And now we get to uh, the part of the service where we respond to your questions.
2: There's only one question. And I'm gonna say it in the way I think it was meant to be said. Uh Uh-oh. Would it be fair to say, when we're busy, we get mad when someone doesn't use their blinker, Adam?
0: <laughs> yep.
2: If this was you exited in, just let me know if I did that justice, if that was correct.
0: Yes, yes, it would be. Uh, road rage certainly rises to the top when I'm a little more busy. <laughs> and I realized two weeks ago, it wasn't just my blinker that was out. You know, I told you guys that my left tail light was filled with water and so when I was using my blinker and people weren't letting me over, I was mad. Uh, I was driving to St. Louis with Adam and I realized both my headlights were out. And so I've been driving for who knows how long with the low lights. So I got them swapped out and fixed there in St. Louis and it's a miracle what happens when you have lights. truly
2: honestly this is like god gave you a blessing because you have a sermon illustration forever yeah there's so much there's so much opportunity a dozen
0: of them yeah (laughs) well if that was the only question uh you guys made it real simple yes uh, road rage rises when you're busier so (laughs) another reason to not be so busy um But with that, every week you're welcome to send in your questions, and you're welcome to send them in even during the week, and uh, we will always respond to them either the following Sunday or midweek on social media, uh, depending on when the questions come in. You can find the number at thepointknocks.com, so please don't ever hesitate to send in a question when there's something you're wondering about.
2: We actually just got one more in.
0: One more, excellent.
2: But I'm not sure, there might have been a typo.
0: A taco? That sounds nice.
2: do Do we eat heaven? That can't be right.
0: Do we eat heaven? Followed
2: by, do we have to do lists or just rest all the time? Do we have to do lists or just rest all the time?
0: Oh, yes. I'm not sure what you mean by eat heaven. When we come to eating the body and blood of Jesus, yes, we're actually eating his physical body and blood in a weird, mysterious way I don't comprehend. Is it heaven? Well, I mean, heaven is God's presence the place where God dwells so I guess you could say we are in a weird way now to the point about do we need to do to-do lists or just rest uh, I think if you read through scripture we were made for work work is good but we're made for work that draws us closer to God and one another and creation and so even in the beginning before sin entered in on the seventh day God rested and God certainly was not in need of a nap and tired He rested because rest is a way that we enjoy all of the creation he has given to us and that we experience him every day. So yes, I think you should have a to-do list and you should get some stuff done and you should work hard at your job and be a really good employee and accomplish what you can, but you should also set boundaries so that you're not driven by the work you have to do, but you're actually working from the place of rest because I'm rested, I go and I do these things for the glory of God, as opposed to I'm rested because I simply have nothing left in me. So
2: fun fact, there was one more question. text. Y'all are just like right at the last second, like one more.
0: I love procrastination. Um,
2: (laughs) Does the Bible say how much of your income you should give? I've heard 10%, but never read that.
0: Yeah, that's a great question. So in the Old Testament, there was something called the tithe, which quite literally means 10%. So there's no way to tithe 5%. Like, tithe is always 10%. And there's a big question, does the New Testament church have to keep the Old Testament law of giving that 10% or not? Um, we could go into a lot of debate about pros and cons. I think what the New Testament teaches is that we should give from a place of joy, and we should give generously. And 10% is a really safe place to start because most of us could live, though it might change our budget a little bit, without 10%. Um, I would encourage you, if you've been giving 10% for a while, maybe you change and say, I'm gonna try to give 12% for the sake of growing in generosity. And if you're somebody who's never given on a regular basis to anything, yet alone the church, maybe you say, I'm gonna start with 3%. And I'll just pick something and find a way to grow in where I'm giving and how I'm giving. So I hope that helps. But if you hear the word tithe or if you read that in scripture, it always refers to 10%. Receive this blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he look upon you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Amen. Have a great week.
1: Thank you for listening to one of our Sunday morning messages. If this message has made an impact in your life, please let us know. Simply fill out the Contact Us page on thepointknox.com. And if you'd like to be a part of supporting The Point Ministry, simply go to thepointknox.com forward slash support. Don't hesitate to contact us or join us in person every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. We pray this message has an impact in your life or at least makes it easy for you to connect with God where you are.